32 counties. 32 questions. My name is Una. And I'm Andrea. And this is United, United Ireland. Ireland. Every week we take a county and dive into an issue relevant to that county and then see where in the world it brings us. We've only two counties left, guys. Can you cope? Wonder what's going to happen after that. But fuck that anyway for today. We've record, we're recording and releasing this podcast on the 26th of November. And despite having absolutely zero connection to the cultural nor social holiday of Thanksgiving, we've decided to subsume it into the podcast to give you all a little break. A piece of reflection time and lift those spirits with your Thanksgiving episodes. Things we're thankful for right here, right now. say Andre I'm very excited for this episode I'm particularly excited also about our ongoing Patreon support did you like that segue (laughs) and the reviews and all the nice feedback and the way people like the Sunday Soothe and our bonus episode this week is another edition of Byline which is our uh, interview series with journalists and none other than Fintan O'Toole is on this week and what's he talking about Anna? he is talking about Brexit Andrea What's Brexit, Una? <laughs> What's a county, Una? <laughs> um, so check out all of those bits. But now it's time for the State of the Nation. Now we are at the State of the Nation. Una, give us some states of nations. Well, we're... Um, all looking forward to um, some of the restrictions lifting in December. Uh, a decision at the time of recording, decision, de- concrete decisions have yet to be made. Yet there's, as usual, a million and one leaks and speculative uh, stories coming out of that. Obviously, retail will be open opening. Big questions over whether there'll be outdoor dining or indoor dining. Personally, I'd be very surprised if there was indoor dining, but maybe they'll do it. Um kind of maybe cinemas might open obviously salons uh that's your that's your 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 area andrea are opening up how are you preparing for the reopening i prepared yesterday michelle did a deep clean on the salon and we put up we she put up the christmas tree um, and we're, we have a humidifier we've, we've just purchased after uh, all the cold, dry air stories we've been listening to, as we already had a Dyson air purifier and ventilation and blah, blah, blah. So our addition is the humidifier to bring every step closer to safety, as well as you have to wear a mask every time you're in the salon. So. How long have you been closed now? Six weeks wow. in total since the, six weeks this time and then four months the last time. Wow. It's a good year, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And how are you feeling and how are all your staff feeling? They are sweating to get back. Everyone is just fed up of like sitting on their couches and going on a hundred walks. Yeah, so we're having our our little get back together Zoom on Sunday with our catch boxes for each member. So yeah, can't wait to get back to a feeling of uh, purpose and uh, joy and company. Great. Um, a much sadder story than places uh, reopening and, and restrictions easing is the death of Maradona. Oh, always like when um, somebody who's supremely talented and iconic 
dies in sport, there's these questions about like, oh, was he the greatest ever? And like he won, you know, the greatest player of the century with Pelé. And it doesn't really matter. Like, um, you know, for me, there's certain sports people who just transcend the sport and he was definitely one of them. And I think that as well as that, like, it just always shows really like icons become such because not because they're, you know, the most efficient goal scorers ever or because they have the most perfect talent, but because of their flaws um, and because of, you know, their own personal struggles, because I think it just, we often think that icons are kind of superhuman, but actually I think what makes people hold a particular space in culture is uh, how human they are. And um, I think Maradona, with all of his escapades, all of his talents um, and how unlikely a superstar he was in many ways at the outset of his career is one of those people. And I don't know, it feels kind of surreal to think that he's 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 died. If anybody hasn't seen the Maradona documentary, it's such an amazing portrait of how overwhelming it must be to be such a superstar um, and the invasion into your private life and all of the complexities that the pressure brings and how that manifests. Obviously with, with Maradona, it manifested in, um, you know, his cocaine use uh, most famously. Um, but it's kind of mad to, to look at how revered he was and, and all of the huge expectation that brought. So a legend. What else I is going on? I love how you are able to turn most things into a philosophical insight. Like it's quite the skill. I know like someone dying is quite philosophical, but to be able to turn like, it's not their, just all their goodness. It's their flaws that make them the icon. It's like, it's, I love it. Well, that's I'm not being true. Facetious. I'm just talking off the top of my head here. I know about Maradona. I know, but it's like, I would have just said, amazing footballer died. Not that I knew about his football, but you know what I mean? I know, I get and it. It's lovely. It's a compliment. Thank I you. You're blushing. In, in, in the spirit of the episode, thank you. Um, or as Hillary, also, as Hillary Clinton once said to me when I said hello to her, the most weirdest response I've ever received. Thank you for saying hello. What? Anyway, go on. That is so bizarre. It's very American. Um, also, today is the day as we are recording and it hasn't happened yet that Helen McEntee um, will be taking questions from the opposition on the Seamus Wolf appointment. I just don't know where it's going to go with the questioning. What do you think? I don't know either. I mean, I do enjoy Miriam Lord's nickname for Helen McEntee, which is Helen McAbsentee. I like that. I just enjoy, I enjoy everything of Miriam Lord. She is a queen. Uh, really good news on our off-mentioned specialist subject of Boglands, um, that there has been uh, a load of funding released slash earmarked for peatland restoration in the Midlands of Ireland. Um, obviously, there's been a kind of consciousness raising, I suppose, in the importance of peatlands and boglands and how we've traditionally viewed them as just kind of almost these factory farms where we can extract turf for briquettes, etc. Um, but now the, st- the Irish state is putting 108 million um, into repurposing 80,000 acres of bog uh, in order to reduce carbon emissions and Bordnemona are going to be over that. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what what emerges from that and then what the kind of peatlands end up looking like. Um, obviously, they've just kind of been harvested and stuff. This also brings in like the whole re-wetting of the bogs um, and developing like also allowing all those like mosses to develop. Um, Sarah, my girlfriend, is very knowledgeable on this kind of stuff. And when we were hiking this summer on our holiday, not staycation, because it was in a different part of the country, um, she would be regularly pointing out all these different mosses, including um, mosses that uh, Irish 
uh, wetland mosses that during uh, World War II were used as a natural disinfectant um, for filling hospital mattresses and pillows. So I learned a lot on those hikes. Um, Moss is also great for growing up between the cracks in your uh, slabs for anti-slippage. Oh, very good. And also all the like, you see, I think because Sarah's from Donegal, totally different relationship with moss because like there's all carrageen. Is that moss? No, that's seaweed. Fuck. Oh my God, she's going to kill me. Is that? No, carrageen moss. No, it is moss. Yeah, Yeah, it's a moss. And there's some other seaweed though. Um, But yeah, the whole carrageen thing, it's like almost like a foamy type dessert. Um, I really, I can see. (laughs) Andrea is literally retching on the Zoom right now. Carrageen moss is very good for you. And people from Donegal, uh, everyone in Donegal eats it every day. Isn't that right? (laughs) Okay. um, What else? The best news. Oh my God. The best state of the nation. The Minister for Housing is to ban co-living developments. This is, I feel like it's, we should release like poppers and of the, of the decorative variety. Okay. I was Um, a bit confused there for Zach. To celebrate, but there is a bit of a pushback. Uh, Rebecca Moynihan has been saying that this is great news, but we cannot uh, let this be allowed convert student accommodation to tourist accommodation, which is effectively co-living. So Mm. there is a caveat to be on the watch for how this goes and obviously the co-living doesn't take into um, account ones that have been already built or have planning submitted already so um, great news I'm just going to leave there I'm not going to focus on the bad positive today and now it's our good news of the week So our good news of the week this week is uh, sciencey news. And I was kind of just thinking to just like shout out some amazing Irish scientists and doctors uh, doing pandemic stuff um, or anti-COVID work or stuff. Just so technical. Some amazing stuff. As a uh, microbiologist and immunologist myself, um, I can really appreciate the work of my colleagues. No. Okay. So there's like, there's three people in particular, um, Professor Adrian Hill at Oxford, who worked on the latest COVID vaccine. Uh, he previously worked on the Ebola vaccine. Oh, and also Professor Tess Lam, another Irish scientist who co-designed the Oxford vaccine. There is Linda Nolan of My Bio. Um, she is a Kilkenny science entrepreneur who's rolled out what is being called the most accurate antigen test on the global market. So obviously there's been loads of conversations about antibody tests, antigen tests, um, and then the, what's it called? The PCR test, which is like the main kind of diagnostic medical test. So you can actually buy these um, antigen tests. Uh, I think they're 120 euros for 10 and they're rapid testing uh, things and they'll just get delivered in a couple of days. And they're an Irish company. Fab. Yeah. And so they're kind of more, so the antibody test is for obviously seeing if you have the antibodies. So that's if you had COVID. So that has to be kind of, you get, you would get a result from that after the fact, like that would show if you had the antibodies developed. Mm-hmm. The PCR test um what is it? Something chain reaction. That's the very diagnostic test that even if you ha- just have like a teeny weeny bit of the virus, it will completely pick it up. And that's the one that takes a couple of days to come back. The antigen test identifies proteins uh, related to the virus or in the virus. And uh, so it doesn't have the absolute accuracy of the PCR test, which is the swabby one you get in Crow Park or Dublin Airport or whatever. But it is a rapid test. Um, you get the results in 15 minutes and you can do it yourself with these things. So, you know, who knows how how useful these things are ultimately. But I guess if you're kind of looking for peace of mind, peace of mind before Christmas or whatever. Uh, my mind obviously instantly goes to parties. Like, could you have a waiting room with these tests where you wait your 15 minutes to get the results and before you go into a party? Well, I think a lot of the antigen tests, the rapid antigen tests are being used in different settings. Um, and again, you know, there, there, there is no ultimate reliability. There can always be false negatives, false positives. They have to be done in a kind of strict enough environment and you have to be very much by the rules. But I suppose it does show, I think the antigen tests work best at identifying kind of higher viral loads. But um, 
they still have over 90% accuracy. Um, so I think, yeah, for obviously if you have, they're not for people who are symptomatic. Like if you have symptoms, you should yeah. absolutely be getting the medical test. But um, as a, like, even for gigs, you could have a, a like to start rolling out gigs if you did that before. Yeah, I think I'd that, be willing to do that. Yeah, I think that that's kind of going to be coming idea. coming down the line. Yeah, um, and the other doctor is um, Dr. Marini Lachlan, uh, aka Maz. She's an Irish doctor working in geriatric medicine, in London, and she's been working on a major study that found uh, really uh, kind of important findings with regards to um, symptoms of COVID amongst older people who are frail, and that study found that confusion and delirium can be a symptom. Um, and actually that in 20% of those particular patients, confusion or delirium may be the only presenting symptom of the virus. So that was an amazing uh, study to kind of highlight uh, symptoms in older people of COVID. So well done to all those people. And now it's time to give thanks. Andrea, thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, obviously, most people are rightly so fundamentally against celebrating American holidays in Europe, especially Thanksgiving for where it comes from. But like, come on, it's been an absolute in bits of a year. And we think really we need to take every opportunity at the moment to mark upbeat moments. Um, if only really to distinguish between the days, like it's literally like, oh, it's Saturday. I'll have toast for breakfast instead of cereal. That's how it's the weekend. Um, so we're going to focus on moments of hope and take any bits of optimism uh, where we can. And we are encouraging people today to take a pause, like the Angelus. Don't you know when the bells ring and they all just stop what they're doing with a wheelbarrow and look up at the sky or maybe they're having dinner and they just look to the side. Do that and consider what you're thankful for. Um, and every time I hear the Angelus, like you're listening to Claire Byrne in the morning and then it's like, and now to the Angelus, it's so, it's like living in a, in a weird world. Um, but if the Angelus does come on when you're listening to the radio, think about what you're thankful for, write it down and maybe just list it in your head when you're out for a walk. Maybe say it out loud. Are we turning into those people who have Pinterest boards and yeah. those journals of like, Goal setting for 2021. Oh my God. I do actually use the best self journal. Um, so shit, maybe I am one of those people. Well, look. Hand me my dry robe. Namaste. Una, let's go. Okay. So the first thing that I'm thankful for is uh, Cavan and Tipperary being through to the All-Ireland semi-finals. I know this is really um, a topic close to your heart, Andrea. Um, but I was thinking of the um, much repeated Seamus Heaney thing around like hope and history rhyming. And I do think that, you know, people are like, whoa, it's so spooky. It's like the same four teams since 1920 in the semi-final and the same fixtures. Well, there's also thing that like nobody expected Cavan and Tipperary to win. I think it's really interesting how even in like, obviously sport is such a huge part of culture, but in that sphere, we're seeing this kind of rhyme come through again. And this idea of resetting and the idea of echo. And I think that we've all experienced a lot of that stuff in our own personal lives. Um, obviously, in, especially in the early stages of the pandemic, we were kind of in this collective shock and we were seeing the world in a different way and having echoes of childhood. And it's so interesting that how powerful all of this moment is that even in, not even in, but in the realm of sport as well, um, that that echo is is coming to pass. Um, I think it's quite magical. Also, my dad is from Cavan and he is a long suffering Cavan fan and he was absolutely thrilled about the win as were his brothers who still live in Cavan in Virginia. Shout out to Virginia. Shout out to all the Cavan crew and of course all the tip crew. And so I just think it's really beautiful and I know loads of people are bitching about the GAA fixtures going ahead and also like fans having celebrations and all that kind of stuff and 
like I get it and you know nobody wants to be see a lot of people like locked in a she bean somewhere in the you know somewhere and like whatever it's not ideal and parties after club finals and all that kind of stuff look we know but I think Calvin in particular has been hit very bad by COVID you saw the emotions of of the manager Mickey Graham and stuff after the match and I just think it really gives people a piece of optimism so uh, big up I'm thankful for that my thanks go to my optimism and things that give me hope, which would be the potential to dance again. And we haven't really mentioned her in the last few weeks, but um, I booked tickets to Regine Murphy in Berlin in October. <laughs> and I am setting that as like, I think things will happen before then, but that is when I would hope to have the potential of life back to get back again to dancing and yeah that's it great I'm also thankful for a really important um, cultural moment that is happening today on Thanksgiving which is the release of Happiest Season which is the Kirsten Stewart lesbian Christmas film Um, obviously a lot of us gay gals and queer gals have been waiting a long time for this kind of um, film and I'm just really looking forward to you know just the the collective feeling of all of the you know all of the gals around the world sitting down watching um, this movie and I'm very excited about it I'm gonna watch it tonight with all of my pals virtually like we're not gonna be on a Zoom or anything, but we're all kind of watching it at the same time. And like, I don't care if it feels basic and whatever. Uh, Kirsten Sheard is amazing and I'm looking forward to this film and I'm thankful it exists. Delighted. I am very thankful for the opportunity I've had to spend such an extended time with my mother. And at the start of our extended time journey, which we didn't think was going to be so extended, Neither of us would probably have picked this way of me giving up my life in town and moving out to the country. Uh, Country is a push, but you know what I mean? Moving countrywide in with her and her partner. And she would not probably not have chosen for her grown daughter to come and live with her partner. But case the rats, rat happened. And it's actually kind of been a blessing of like, cause we, neither of us would have chosen it, but we've actually really enjoyed it. And it's, I think when you're an adult, you don't get to live with your parents um, for long periods of time. And I am very thankful that I got the opportunity to do it cause I've enjoyed it. Amazing. I am thankful for the broader pause that the pandemic crisis has instigated. Um, it's kind of a privileged thing to say, even though part of the pause was also because so much work fell apart um, and got cancelled. So in dealing with like loads of projects and trips and work, I mean, work travel and uh, all of the things that planned for this year falling apart, um, I think it actually needed to happen. And I do feel that because of the pause and the more time that has been available and that I haven't been running around the place because I have nothing to run around the place to and because loads of work uh, didn't happen, I think it's allowed me to kind of finally, in a very real way, come out of a period of habitual burnout that was really going on for about five years um, since I was sick in 2015 and then the referendums and putting out books and just being totally banana town in terms of um, working so much and then not having the capacity to do the things that I wanted to do creatively so even though it's been a very difficult year much more difficult uh, for a lot of other people than it has been for me. It's still been hard. And at the same time, I'm so grateful for the the pause that it has offered. Um, 
It's kind of like that thing. Uh, the antidote is always next to the poison. You know, that kind of like herbalist saying. I think Amanda Palmer actually mentioned it in her newsletter recently. And yeah, I think that's um, that's definitely a quality to this to this pandemic. I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for nature and my discovery of it for everyone. I'm so glad to have introduced everyone to nature and <laughs> the joy of trees and lakes and mountains and Sally Gap. Who knew Sally Gap was there? Nobody. Nobody you're until all, you, until you yeah. stuck your Andrea flag in the gap. You're all welcome. So I'm actually not thankful. I'm letting you be thankful to me for <laughs> discovering nature. You're welcome. I really think we need to pitch um, an, an Andrea nature show to Orti. It would just be fab. Uh, I'm thankful for cold water after um, not really caring that much about it for all of my life. Um after, you know, trying to come up with activities to do, obviously, you know, swimming, sea swimming, blah. Uh, but the cold water works and it just makes me feel like kind of euphoric and elated after I have my plunge. So thank you, cold water, for doing your have bits. You, Big up Wim Hof. Oh, it's about to say we've done Wim Hof. It's so good. Even though it's a, just a, another name for yoga, essentially, and breathing. <laughs> And the ego of putting a name to it, but ice baths are are the are the one and sea swimming. I am thankful for art in general, uh, nature and art. Wow, Andrea! But um, I'm very excited that potentially uh, the it's been leaked that the galleries are going to open again, and there is a Mandarin um, exhibition just waiting in the National Gallery for eyes to be laid on it, and I am sweating to be back in galleries and. I am very thankful for beauty and I don't mean like whatever the commercialized version of beauty is, but just the ability to have beautiful art, beautiful nature, beauty is just, it's very underrated. Nobody really appreciates it as much as I do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the pandemic perspective, the reveal, the notes under the notes, how it has exposed underlying conditions and illnesses in society, how it has made us really focus our minds on them. And I'm hopeful that we won't forget that. I am hopeful for the potential uh, return of real life drag for December, praying and hoping that we get those little shows in because they were a joy. I'm thankful for um, perfecting white bread baking during the pandemic. Um, the recipe that I have honed since way back in March when, yes, I did start a sourdough starter. And since then, I've honed a particular white bread recipe that's a mixture of kind of sourdough. I also use fresh yeast and dried yeast in it. Um, this is fascinating you, Andrea. I can just see... <laughs> And I never would have fucking done that. And I mean, pretty much 80% of my diet is like bread and slices of Kerrygold butter. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I don't have to buy it and I can just make it at home, even though it takes two days. Delish. I'm a fan of uh, making my own pizza bases. I'm also uh, thankful, extremely thankful for about to have my own home and um, I feel very privileged in that position um but also what I've really come to value is space for recreation and downtime and um living in someone else's house you don't really have that um because it's a communal space or whatever and even just being able to like I go down to my sister sometimes and she just puts me into her sitting room to sit on her couch and just chill, which I don't really do in other people's homes. And it just really gets me thinking about direct provision and co-living and all these ways of housing that just don't fit for life's purpose of like, you. yes, you're surviving and you're doing what you need to do to be in a, like eating and sleeping or whatever, but you're not really getting the living and I thought it was really interesting in our last podcast about the tenters um, how when they built the tenters that they added a parlour because they thought for mental health it was really important so um, I think that's something I'm really grateful for thankful 
I'm thankful to our listeners um, who are always so sound and nice and send us nice messages and have been supporting the podcast on Patreon, which has meant that we've actually been able to continue this piece of work all through this year. So thank you so much. I am thankful that there is a nighttime economy task for set up and doing the work um, to make our cities, this is Dublin specific, oh no, it's, it's nationwide, but to make our cities um, capable of having um, a nighttime economy and having sp- spaces for nighttime activities and to have a city that's alive at nighttime. I am thankful for all of the musicians in Ireland who have been making stuff all year in a very challenging context. Um, Maybe that was things that were already in the can that were being released, but there's been amazing albums. Um, Too many to mention really, but like, you know, Pillow Queen's record, Nilo's record. Um, would one actually? I think one of my favorite tracks of the year is that Nilo track. He stole my soul, uh, like nine to five, the last track on on his album. It's just really beautiful and it's very honest and true. And you know, Alvaretti's album, um, James Winswick Morrow's own new works, the Crystal Clear remix of one of his tunes, his uh, tune that he worked on, Out the Gaff his tune that he uh, himself and Sarah Richardson did, Starlight Lounge. He's been just doing amazing stuff. Um, Mango's uh, Smoke Breaks and Handbrakes radio show we've mentioned aloud, the Casual Work remixes, Kojak, new Kojak track, Schmelly, the Dave Ball for those I love tunes and videos, the performance on Jules, the Other Voices Courage series, everybody doing the live gigs, that Denise Chyla performance in the National Gallery. Wow, remember that? Um, Fontaine's DC getting nominated for a Grammy for a hero's death for best rock album. Um, wow. like unreal. And so there's just been really Gemma Dunleavy, Gemma Dunleavy, the up the flats, um, video unreal. There's been so much stuff. Um, all the stuff God knows has been doing the Murley track that was filmed at the video that was filmed at Bose. It, it, it's just, I cannot imagine how, like, you know, I was saying to Andrea that I don't really like doing like the digital or like Zoom talks or whatever. And I was talking to you about how um, I'm not, you know, you don't really get that much out of it because it's about the live experience and, and hanging out with people and chatting to the audience afterwards and all that kind of stuff. Like, I cannot imagine if I'm feeling that just from like doing talks and stuff, what musicians are feeling from not being able to be in a room and play to people. Um, it, it must just be, feel like such a loss. And at the same time, people have been, you know, writing stuff at home or sitting in a studio doing bits and bobs or just coming up with other things or, or not, which is also totally fine. Just like taking this time, taking this moment or maybe not having the capacity to be putting stuff out. And that's fine as well. So whatever you've been doing, all the people making music, thank you. Because if there's one thing that's got us through this year it's tunes uh i'm thankful that i have gotten slash have allowed myself oh my god that was really like say to allowed myself to uh follow the life i want to live and i i take it as a privilege but also as something that not everyone gets to do and uh people are led down different paths that maybe weren't where they wanted to go. And I am very thankful that I am where, maybe not where I want to be right now, but I'm living the life and the path I want. I'm thankful for the Phoenix Park. Thank you, Phoenix Park. You are wonderful. I am thankful for having a business that allows me to have an income that is in line with my morals and um, how I want to see the world. I'm very thankful, Andrea, for a Sunday night poker tournament, which has lasted since April, every Sunday night. I'm, and you're, you're looking at this week's winner. Andrea won poker last Sunday in an epic display. Um, really solid game, Andrea, played last week. It was really, really great. And usually Andrea's 
the one with the flushes and the straights. That's kind of, she always has a flush. But I feel like this weekend, um, you were just very tactical and you weren't necessarily, you were just betting very well, very consistent, uh, really, really impressive. And um, you are the reigning poker queen. I came third. I did podium. Um, I had been having an awful run there for a good few weeks, but in the last two or three weeks, I think I've podium twice. So I'm trying to get that win, but it, I'm not, it's a fucking serious game. And there's a lot of people, there's like a when, lot of people, 15 people that you have to beat. It's like hard work. Yeah. And some good, good uh, poker players. Professional players. <laughs> well, yeah. Borderline, borderline pros. Um, well, some of them are. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Like Vegas girls and all. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I, what I'm really interested in now is that we've all been like, there's about 15 of us who've all been like intensely uh, training in this closed off poker ecosystem. And lo- like, I've definitely improved my game much more than I think I could say in any other part of my life. Um, I don't think I've ever played poker this consist- consistently. And I just can't wait until we're all let out in the real world because we're all going to have been like getting so much better and we're just going to absolutely wipe the floor with everyone, basically. Uh, I don't think we will, but I love the game too. <laughs> so thank you, poker. Um, and we're obviously not endorsing any sort of gambling. No, it's a thing between that. friends. I I don't play uh, on online poker, you know, just randomly. This is just a, a closed group with friends. So play responsibly. Um, I am thankful for the community that exists in Dublin. Um, and I really notice it when I go back in, when I get my coffees in the places I go to or get my dog food or any of that. And it just is so glorious. I love community. Um, and my one is obviously Dublin, but I just, I love building up a local environment and I've really felt it with my new house even though I haven't even lived there for one night but definitely like people have been leaving plants in my garden and of people I haven't seen in years or don't know or anything and it's just I just I'm so excited for that. I'm thankful for all the hospitality folks who've had to work really hard and be really creative and come up with new ideas the cafe folks the restaurant owners everybody doing the takeaway stuff um coming up with all the new bits, you know, turning your place into a food shop, starting all takeaway stuff. You know, it's been so difficult. So thank you very much um, for, give, for for your creativity and ingenuity. And I hope things get sorted soon. I am thankful for my darling rat bag dogs. <laughs> They're so bold, but I love them. I'm thankful for Frisbee. Um, my weekly uh, aerobie game in the Phoenix Park. I'm also thankful for my buddies, um, Lisa and Sarah Gilligan, who have been excellent Frisbee crew all year. Who also booked routing tickets. Just oh, well, better get on that. I am thankful for the opportunities to talk to interesting people and delve into subjects that necessarily wouldn't naturally interest me and to broaden my horizons with knowledge um, by making United Ireland every week and getting to chat with Una. I'm, Thank you. I'm thankful for you, Andrea, most of all. Yes. <laughs> That's where I was going with that one. <laughs> well, that was very cathartic. And now, switching gears. Thank you. Thank you. It's Get in the Sea. What's getting in the sea, Andrea? Hit me. This week's Getting in the Sea. This is an article in The Currency um, about Goldman Sachs and their subsidiary in Ireland made a net gain of 153.7 million. 153.7. And due to some creative um, accounting, they've turned that profit into a loss of 295 and paid no tax. God. I just can't with that now after our after our list of things that we're thankful for. I'm just like steam <laughs> coming out of my ears. Yeah, so that can absolutely get in the sea. I'm not even going to talk about it. It's just in bits. Get in the sea. But now, 
It's bananas. There's a complex in Rathgar. And it there is a w- complex in Rathgar. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> and it was developed um, and part of the development done by the developer, develop, uh, I'll just say develop again. Um, some of it was bought back by the council and this, it was uncovered this week that people who were in council section of the development weren't able to access certain facilities within the grant. So it was basically creating a tiered system of living um, where people who'd moved in um, cancel their gym memberships to use the gym because there was a gym on the complex and they're like, oh, sorry, you can't use that. Or people who gave up their dogs, they were told they weren't allowed to have dogs then saw in the um, non-council part loads of people with dogs. And it just is uh, fundamentally, um, I suppose, really a piece of shit, really highlighting where when developments are taken over and council just buy back and don't get the facilities that you're, you're creating a class system that we, we don't want and, Ireland, I don't think. Yeah, it's like the poor doors in uh, London. Isn't that what they call them? Like luxury developments. And then it's just like, oh yeah, use go in the back door, like in bits. It, it, do you know what it is? But you know, it's absolutely bananas. It is bananas, Andrea. I'll give you that. It is bananas. And now it's time for more sun and kittens. <laughs> it's our fave bits. Woo! Uh, my five bits this week is other voices are doing all the promo for their streams and what way they're going to present the festival this year, but they do need support. So if you are able to pay for the content that they're creating, it would be very, um, very valuable to them and very appreciated. So if you can support, if you are an other voices goer, do uh, try and support them financially as well. Yeah. Um, my other fave bit is Mango did this thing on Twitter where he was like, I want to be uh, cheered up. Give me some examples of nicknames of in Ireland. And it's one of the funniest threads I've ever read. Just of just like gas stories of people who like my favorite one was um, a fire brigade um, and a new person started. And every Friday they got chips and they'd either get smoke cod fish and chips smoke cod or just normal cod and it was red or white and he went down to get them and the chipper was like do you want red or white and he's like well I'd love a Merlot so his nickname forever was Merlot (laughs) yes just so good the stories that came out of it so I would highly recommend having a look in there um my other fave bit is Domino Whisker has created these gorgeous uh, notes to self packs that she's uh, made that are all lovely little kind of moments in time and reminders on beautifully uh, embroidered um, pieces that are printed onto material. Um, I can't really do them justice by describing them. I think you should just have a look at them. They're absolutely gorgeous. Um, another fave bit, going to have loads of fave bits today. Very thankful for all my fave bits. Um, Grown Forest is a new initiative that allows you to gift a native tree to people for Christmas. So they have uh, been working on this for ages and uh, they have community tree planting days and uh, they uh, is a it's basically a collection of land sweeps around Ireland and they plant loads of species of native Irish trees, meadows and pollinating Irish flowers and their goal is to protect damaged ecosystems, replenish hedgerows and deepen roadside borders which develop, protect and shelter biodiversity and all their trees are legally protected from being cut down at any stage in their life. So that's not just a gift for someone right now, it's a gift for many generations to come. So I'm big swooning over them. My last fave bit, Soul Wax are releasing a 15 year anniversary edition of Knife Versions. Obviously Soul Wax uh, created my favourite song ever with Marie Davidson uh, of Work It and I loved Knife Versions as well and I will get very reminiscent of times gone by, especially of Backlash. So I'm very excited to go down uh, Rave Hall there. Um, those are your five bits, are they? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're really good. Thanks for being. So my five bits this 
uh, week are crap. <laughs> no, I was I'm really into them. Sorry, I was actually what I was trying to do. I was distracted. I was trying to look up a show uh, on DDR to include, but I can't fucking remember the name. I think it was on Sunday. It was this like mad um, show where they basically kind of did these loops about different kind of phraseology in like uh, kind of late stage capitalism and like tech capitalism lexicon. And there was like, there was a song about like universal basic income. Anyway, it was totally mad. <laughs> I'm trying to find the name of the show, but I can't find it. I think it's a guy in Brussels and this woman who were doing it. It was amazing. Anyway. Uh, I'll put it on our socials. Yeah, we'll, put, we'll I'll find it and I'll put it on our socials because you have to listen. Okay, so... Um, my favorite bits this week, um, reading a book, I think it came out in 2006, called King Kong Theory by a French woman, Virginie Dipandé. That's my um, uh, interpretation of her accent. It's a really great book. Now, again, trigger warning or whatever, It is a lot of it is about rape. So if you don't want to read about that, I wouldn't pick up this book, but it's it's great. Really, really fascinating, great writing. and. Uh, yeah, zero bullshit. Really good. My other fave bit is a playlist I'm making at the moment um, called the Dream Sash playlist. And it's all, I'm um, like, my mate Darian suggested uh, that we do this. It's all the tunes that are absolute bangers that came out this year that we haven't been able to dance to. I'm going to do that as well. Uh, great practice to prepare oneself. <sighs> I'm so excited. My other, <sighs> my other fave bit you're going to be shocked, Andrea. It's swimming. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that a new phenomenon? It's a new thing that people are doing. Wow. In the sea? In the sea. God. Oh my God. That is fat. You know, we're just so lucky to live in a place where... No, okay. <laughs> I know I'm always talking about this, but um, sunrise swimming specifically down at the um, Great South Wall or whatever you want to call it, South Wall. Great plunge in the morning. Uh, half seven, murmurations of starlings flying overhead, sun rising, fucking mad happy pair of vibes. Do you, when I do, whenever I do a sunrise swim, I always stare onto the horizon as the sun rises and set my intentions, but I always get lost in the sun and I find myself drifted out to sea and a couple of times I'm really panicked then and I'm like, oh God, no, a bit dangerous. I'm just, but it's very intentful. Yes, I I suffer from SAD, so I need in winter times to see the sunrise and sunset, or uh, else it impacts me a good bit. So, hence the needing to be at the horizon or staring at the horizon in the morning <clears throat> to get all of that delicious, juicy sunlight in. And my final fave bit is um, so this chatter about whether or not cinemas. Uh, will be opening up. But what is happening is classic drive-in cinema, um, which is exactly as it sounds. Uh, it's a, like a drive-in vibe and it's happening between the 4th of December and the 12th of December um, in Bunclody, in Westport, in at the Beehive Inn, Wicklow, and in Kilkenny. And they're showing films such as Elf and Home Alone and The Santa Claus Underrated Christmas film, the Tim Allen Santa Claus movie. Go on, Andrea. Can I add another fake bit? Yeah. Drive-in panto. Oh, it's really? Happening. Okay. Yeah. Stop. There's a drive-in panto. I am sweating to get that. So those are our fave bits. This podcast is produced by Andrew Mangan at Castaway Media. Crystal Clear gave us his tuna chicken roll for a soundtrack. Sarah Fox did all our design. Um... You can find links to all our socials on our socials, I suppose. I, I think we might need to scrap this yeah, well, it's, uh, section. Yeah, if just, you enjoyed listening, tell us. Obviously, leave us a review, blah, blah, blah. and Oh, and support us should. on Patreon. Yeah, we'll <laughs> keep that in. <laughs> What's the Tudor Chicken Roll this week? This is a classic number um, and it really is... It just is... We're on our journey back to the sesh and I feel like this is a really upbeat introduction to it it's feeling for you by cassius i've been in malali i've been andrea that has been united ireland and that was thanksgiving thank you 
next for being a friend I should have put that in can I change the tuna chicken roll to the golden girls thank you for being a friend no okay bye <laughs> 